We have, I have a really special treat for you guys today. We have a special guest who's going to speak to us. Uh, you're in for such a treat. Last service was so good. Um, I want to introduce you to my friend from Capital Christian Church all the way up in Olympia. This is Courtney Hickman. Make him feel welcome. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good? See, you're a pretty sharp crowd, so uh, you probably already figured out I'm not Pastor George. Uh, still trying to figure out what gave it away so fast, but we'll get that figured out in a minute. Um, but I want to introduce myself. Uh, my name is Courtney. Just remember blonde hair, blue eyes. You won't forget me. Um, the funny part in that is that whenever I was in elementary school, we'd get a substitute teacher and they would come in and they would be calling a roll and they'd say, hey, Courtney. And so I would raise my hand and she would look at me. I was like, yep, you playing a joke on me? I said, no, my name's really Courtney. She's like, I was always expecting a blonde, blonde, uh, blonde hair, blue eyed girl, but clearly I don't fit that description. But, uh, uh, I have my queen here with me today. This is my beautiful queen, uh, my wife, Shine. Uh, we've been, uh, yeah, yeah. She, uh, here in August, we will be married 15 years here in August. And so, uh, I'm, I think I'm doing something right. She's keeping me around for a little while. And so, um, yeah, she, she makes me better. So that's my queen and, um, thank God for her. And, and I am awesome like I am because she's more awesome than me and she dresses me and all that good stuff. And then I take all the credit for it. So, um, and then, uh, you got a picture for me. Then this is our beautiful, uh, daughters. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, my oldest is Trinity. And so she's 11. She'll be 12 in November. And then my youngest right there with the angel eyes that can't do no wrong. That is destiny and, uh, destiny grace. And so she is five. She'll be six in August, August, uh, August six. She'll turn six. And so those are our little bundles of joy, our blessings. Uh, anybody have kids in here? You have to remember that there are a blessing and you got to remind yourself. Yep. These are a blessing. So, uh, let's, um, let's get ready to begin. And, um, if you're a public speaker, there's three rules that you have to abide by if you want to be invited back to speak. And the three rules are simply this. You should be brief, you should be brilliant, and you should be gone. Um, <laughs> I will promise you two out of the three today, uh, will be brief because I'm on a time limit and then I will be gone. I don't live here. And so, uh, being brilliant, I really can't make you any promises on that. We'll just kind of see what happens. So hopefully you guys can survive for a moment. If y'all can give me five minutes today, that'd be great. Can y'all give me five? Who can give me about five minutes? Say, give me five minutes. Okay. Keep them up. Five, 10, 15, 20, <laughs> 25. All right. 30. No, keep them up. All right. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Come on, let's pray. What's well, so gracious Father, we come to you today. We're ready to hear what you want to speak to us through your word. Uh, we're excited to be here today. This is the day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. And God, I pray that all hearts and minds are receptive to what you want to speak to every single one of us. I pray truly that you increase as I decrease and let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight for you are my strength, you are my redeemer. It's in Jesus' name. Everyone say amen. All right, give your neighbor a high five. Tell him it's about to go down. Give him a high five. Tell him it's about to go down. Y'all like, who is this guy? Who is this guy, man? So... Today I'm going to be coming out of the book of James, the book of James, and uh, it's a phenomenal book in the Bible. And one of my favorite things about the book of James in the Bible is the fact that the book of James is actually written by the little brother of Jesus Christ. And so you got to think about that for a minute. It's one thing to be the little brother of Michael Jordan or the little brother of, you know, Russell Wilson, you know, because you're just a little brother. You're living in the shadow of all the awesome stuff for your big brother. But can you imagine the pressure that... Jesus Christ is your big brother, right? I mean, like Jesus walks on water, 
And the best you can do with James is maybe walk in the puddle, right? You know what I mean? And then Jesus is healing people. He's, he's killing them of diseases and of sickness and everything. And the best you can do is give them some Tylenol and hope they'll feel better, right? I hope nobody in here named James. Is there, okay. All right, no one named James in here? Okay, good. Um, but he was just James, right? He wasn't James Christ. He was just James. But we're going to read an awesome book that James wrote. He actually became one of the greatest, one of the awesome leaders uh, in, in the church time back in the day. And so we're going to read something in here that he wrote in, in, his, in his book. And we're going to jump into this. But in James chapter 1, verse 22, it says, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. And then it goes on to say in James chapter 3, verse 13, if you're wise and understands God's ways, prove it, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. In other words, it's not just enough to know and understand, but we also must live out what we believe. I mean, there are people out there that they talk a whole lot and they say a whole lot, but truly does their actions match up with what they're saying? You know, this actually addresses one of my pet peeves. One of my pet peeves is simply this, is that whenever I watch a movie, I have an issue if the words don't match up with the, with the mouth. Is there anybody else in here like that, right? I, oh man, I'm in good company. There we go, right? If the words are a little bit off, I can't watch the movie, man, because it, it messes me up. In other words, that the, the audio is not matching up with the visual. And so as we read this passage here, James is saying, don't just let your audio be audio. Make sure that the actions and everything are matching up, are lining up with exactly what you're saying. As a matter of fact, I heard a great quote a long time ago, and I love it. It says, let your actions speak so loud. Let your deeds speak so loud. Let what you're doing speak so loud that I can't hear what you're saying. I'm going to let that one marinate, teriyaki sauce. (laughs) Right? Let your actions speak so loud that I can't hear what you're verbally saying. And so it's interesting as we look at this passage here, we're gonna, we're gonna keep diving into some more things here, but there's a, there's a guy named Jesus. And he's doing what he does best. He's walking around, he's teaching, he's preaching, he's connecting with people, and the crowd forms around him and everything. And how many of you know that in every crowd there's always that guy? Now, the Bible says this dude was an expert in religious studies, but I like to call him that guy. And how do you know that that guy will always ask a question? So he comes up to Jesus, and he's really trying to be slick about things. And he asks Jesus, hey, uh, Jesus, I hear what you're saying and everything. I, I like what you're saying or whatever, but I got a question real quick. The question I have for you is, how can I get eternal life? How can I make it into heaven? How can I, how can I get eternal life? And he kind of had that look. You know that, that guy be like, how can I get eternal life huh eyebrow up pacing he's looking at his boys watch this got him jesus then turns around here's the funny part he answers a question with a question you know how many people say you can't answer your question with a question yeah i can jesus did it all the time now for the married people in here for guys it doesn't work (laughs) in the same context at home with your queen or your wife, right? So if she asks you a question, you might want to just answer the question. I tried it at home. I tried to answer a question with a question and it didn't quite turn out like I needed it to. So um, it's kind of like even with brownie points, guys. Let me help you out another. This is just, this is just for you, just for extra. So uh, I didn't know this till I learned. You know, like if you do something great for your wife or your queen or, you know, you do something awesome. I didn't know this, that your brownie points expire at midnight. <laughs> 
I thought if I did a key thing, you know, like it rolls over, you know, like it keep, but they expire at midnight. So just, that's just extra. That's for free. Okay. <laughs> but Jesus answers his question with a question. He says, what does the law of Moses say? What, you know, in other words, what do you, and at that time we say the law of Moses is kind of like the first beginning of the Bible coming together. He says, what does that say that they written that? What is, what does the law of Moses say? And it says that you shouldn't, and the guy responds and it's funny. He says, you should love the God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and all your mind. And Jesus says, good for you, buddy. Good job. But then because he's that guy, right, he can't just ask the one question and move on. So he goes on to ask another question. This is where we're picking up in Luke chapter 10, verse 29 through 37. We'll, we'll go through these verses. The man wanted to justify his actions. So he asked Jesus, okay, Jesus, here's the deal. Who is my neighbor? Because say you should love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So he gets real slick. Well, who is my neighbor then? You know that guy? That's trying to be slick with the questions, right? Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes. Now go and do the same. When we read this passage, there are actually three types of people that are in this story. And it's usually three types of people that are also in society. Matter of fact, number one is those who exploit. Those who exploit. How many of you know that life is full of people who are ready to take, who are ready to consume? Luke chapter 10, verse 30. Jesus replied with the story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. Life is full of people who want to consume. As a matter of fact, I showed you a beautiful picture of two little consumers. They think it is their life purpose. Their sole purpose is to just consume, to just take and give me, give me, give me, give me more. And I'm just like, man, for real. Daddy, I want some more cereal. My daughter, man, she came in, my oldest, I want some, uh, was it Birkenstocks? I was like, Birkenstocks, what are those? I want the Birkenstocks, I want this, I want that. It's like their life is about, I consume, I consume. And how many of you know that truly we can be just naturally selfish? We have a tendency to be naturally selfish. Maybe some of you are like, no, I'm not selfish. I got the selfish bone out of me. There's not a selfish thing in me. I give, I'm very generous. Okay, well, let me help you. I'm going to prove a point just a moment. Again, we're all naturally selfish. If you took a group photo, who do you look at first in the photo? <laughs> Y'all are laughing. 
I have yet to see the person that takes a group photo and they want to check out everybody else first. Hey, Chris, come on over, man. Let's see how you're looking in this group photo. Man, you look awesome. And Sarah, man, the light, the way it's coming down on your eyes, it really brings out. And man, don't worry about me. I know I look all jacked up. I got my eyes closed. No, don't worry about me. No, if if you're jacked up in that group photo, you're going to want all 100 people to come back to take the photo so you can look good. (laughs) And then you're like, yo, tag me in that. Instagram, tag me in that, right? Okay. (laughs) We're naturally selfish. We naturally only think about ourselves. We naturally just only want to take and we wake up that way by default. By default. And default is never good. And we're talking about three types of people, but there are also two types of other people. There are thermometers and there are thermostats. A thermometer at first glance, what does it do? It can tell the temperature. And it reads what it is. But then there's a thermostat thermostat can not only tell the temperature but can also reset the temperature so a thermometer that's the person that just lives by default that's the person watch this where everything else dictates it so if it's cold the thermometer reads it's cold if it's hot the thermometer reads it's cold but the thermostat says man you know what it might be cold in here but i want a little bit warmer it sets the environment it changes the temperature And hopefully today after we leave out of here, that everyone says, you know what? I'm going to make sure that I'm not just a thermometer in life. I'm going to make sure that I'm a thermostat, that I'm a change agent in whatever environment that I am. That I become the person that I walk in. And I'm not going to let the environment dictate me. I'm not going to let what society says that I should be selfish and only think about myself. I will be the thermostat in life. I will set the temperature of the room. And have you noticed that whatever you set the temperature of the room, everything else comes into that? Are you hearing this this morning? So let's look at this real quick. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. It says, if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. And guess where the first place we get to practice that? It's called I-5 traffic. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Y'all been there before, right? You're driving and you're trying to merge in. And then the person is right here that should be kind and let you merge in. They have no tent. So you know they see you. You know you see them. And they're sitting there looking straight ahead like, not going to do it, not going to do it. And I'm that guy looking dead at them. You need to do it. You need to do it. And we're sitting like, dude, let me merge in, right? (laughs) But, oh, we have this tendency if I let somebody else get ahead of me. If I let somebody else go first, maybe I'll run out or, or maybe I got things to do. I got, I got places to be. If I, if I be kind to someone else, maybe I, I will lose out in the process. I'm just being honest, right? In my own thought process at times. And maybe if I, if I let them in first, and so it's funny because now I, I try to err on the side of, of being kind and of being generous and, and helping other people out. And I kind of like it over there in that world. You know why? There's not very many people over there. You go in a line of trying to get my own and, and trying to take care of my own self. The line is packed because everyone is about themselves. Everyone is trying to get for me. Let people merge in. So if I see you out there, 
I looked at all your cars when you drove up. I'm be like, hey, you was in the sermon. You need to live. <laughs> so let's look at number two. You got those who avoid. Those who avoid. Luke chapter 10, verse 31 to 32. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Have you noticed that God's timing is horrible? I have yet to find that I am sitting there and I got all my work taken care of, family time, everything is good to go. And I am just sitting here on idle time with nothing to do, just waiting on something from God so I can go bless somebody. Or does it show up when things are inconvenient? Or does it show up and I got things to do and God's like, yeah, I need you to do something for him right now? Me, okay, I'm going to be honest with you. This is the kind of conversation me and God have. Maybe y'all are like, yes, Lord, I will follow you. I'm like, right now? He's like, yeah, right now. And he'll do little things. Me and my wife are former military. We both did 10 and a half uh, years in the United States Army. We are both dual military. And we do these things called radio checks. And the whole point of radio checks is to make sure that if some important information comes down, that you're able to understand and respond to because something important might happen. And so God will do these little radio checks with me, and I can't stand them. Sorry, God. Because he'll do random things like, hey, pick up that piece of trash as I'm walking into Target or somewhere, Target or whatever you want to call it, right? <laughs> and I'm like... And it's like this forced barrier because I can't get into Target because I'm circling this piece of trash now on the ground. As me and God are arguing, I bet people are like, man, that's a crazy dude out there. Just He got issues. Like He's just walking around arguing about something on the ground. And I'm just circling. I'm like, God, and he's like, hey, you go pick it up or not? And I'm like, man, for real? right? So I finally pick it up and I put it in the trash. I walk in. And he'll do just random things. Hey, do this for that person or do that for that. So I'm like, right now you are. Okay. And I do it. But here's the power, here's the power of a comms check. Because watch this, James chapter 2, verse 14 through 16. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye and have a good day, stay warm, eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or any clothing. What good does that do? And it's interesting because God never wastes his time with anything. And so all of those little radio checks that me and him would do, and it'd just be just some of the most randomest things. He'll pop up and say, all right, just making sure you can hear me. So one day I'm sitting at, our, we're in our staff meeting at our church, and I'm sitting there, and we're needing to, we're trying to find a picture frame for a particular thing we were doing. And it had to be the special picture frame. So I think it was in, um, what's that picture frame play store? Uh, the ladies help me as a Michaels where they got all the crafts and all that. Okay, look, she's like, yeah. So I go to the Michaels in Lakewood. I raise my hand. So first of all, it's like I'm sitting there at the table and they say, who's going to go do it? And some say, raise your hand. I was like, right now? Yes, raise your hand. I was like, no, I don't want to raise my hand. Raise your hand. I was like, dude, come on, man. Like, this is serious, okay? Behind the scenes stuff. So I raise my hand. I was like, all right, I'll go. So I drive all the way to Lakewood or Tacoma or somewhere. I go to Michael's and I'm walking around and I'm looking for a special picture frame and they don't have it. So I call back, say, hey guys, they don't have it. So uh, I'm on my way back. And so I'm driving back down to Olympia and then my queen calls me on the phone. She said, where are you at? I said, man, I'm out here in Tacoma or Lakewood at Michael's or something. What are you doing in Michael's? I said, right, what am I doing in Michael's, right? 
And so she's like, I don't know. So I'm like, hey, I went and look for a picture frame. Picture frame? Wow, I don't know. I'm just looking for a picture frame. So I said, I should go. So I went. Here I am. I'm on my way back. All right. She's like, all right, you're weird. Okay. Yep. I guess I am. So in the meantime, on my way home, I was like, I'm going to stop by DuPont. We used to live in DuPont. When we first got here, we, li- we lived in DuPont. I said, I'm going to stop by DuPont. I'm going I'm to go through our old stumping grounds. I'm going to roll around. She's like, okay, whatever. All right. Because someone was like, go back to DuPont. So I said, all right, love you, babe. She said, love you. See you later. Boom, hang up. So I rolled to DuPont, and I'm rolling through, and I'm like, man, oh, man, I remember the good old days here, beautiful DuPont. And I said, hey, let me go check out our old spot where we used to live. So I rolled by our old spot where we used to live, and next door, we have some great neighbors, man. And matter of fact, whenever I was deployed, and uh, she was pregnant with uh, baby girl destiny and so i wasn't there for uh the pregnancy and delivery and everything i was in afghanistan playing playing army and all that fun stuff and um and so that they actually uh took her to the hospital whenever she was uh having destiny so great neighbors great friends and so i saw his truck home i knew he was deployed so i saw his truck I, said, I wonder if he's home so i go to call him beep, 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 beep. guess what happens nothing phone disconnected hmm. so i go to drive off something said nope check facebook Facebook, page shut down. I said, oh, guess that's it. Nope. Check Messenger. Hey, is your phone off, man? Are you still around? He responds back, yeah. Where are you at? I said, dude, I'm like right down the street from you. Hey, can you come over? I said, yeah, sure. So I kind of hit a little mini U-turn. And I can imagine the neighbors probably thought I was crazy, right? Because I'm sitting up there like going five feet and I stop because the guy's like, nope, do this. And I go five feet and drive and they're like, you know, I'm in front of somebody's house right now. And I don't know. Anyway. And I go up to him. He's coming out the front door. I see him. He's like, yo, welcome home, man. So I got my arms open. We embrace. And in our embrace, he literally just falls apart in my arms. And he's crying and he's sobbing. I'm like, dude, okay. What's going on? And he said, man, my marriage is falling apart. My job is falling apart. And literally, I've been sitting here for the last couple of days contemplating on taking my life. And in a last-ditch effort, I prayed to God, I need some help. And here you are, standing here in front of me. And we walk into his living room, and I'm sitting there, and I'm praying with him, and, and holding him, and we're talking, and then praying with him, and... And I can tell you today that he is alive and well today because I was sensitive to God's voice. The radio checks of the simple things of God saying, do this, be a blessing here, be a blessing there. Because there might come a time a little bit later, I'm going to need you to hear me as clear as day. You can't make that stuff up. Call him. Check his Facebook. Hit him on Messenger. I got a life I need to save. And I need someone out there that is not just about the talk. That is also about the action. Are you hearing this? So now we look at number three. The three types of people. Number three is those who have compassion. Luke chapter 10, verse 33 through 35. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man... He felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I am here. 
The interesting thing about this is said the despised Samaritan. Historically, Samaritans and Jews did not get along. I mean, they had major issues, major beef. And I'm talking about, I mean, when I'm talking about issues, they did not, they disliked each other so much that a Jewish woman would not deliver a Samaritan woman's baby because she felt it was less than. And, and, and Jews would not even go through Samaria. Matter of fact, if they had to go through, they would just take a detour. Now, how many you like detours, right? Okay, I never get any hands on that one. But anyway. Detours are not fun, right? We don't even like going five minutes out of our way and we're driving. Now listen to this. They dis, they disliked the Samaritans so much that if a Jewish person was headed to another town, they were literally, instead of going through Samaria, which was like the straight shot and they'll be there like in maybe 10 minutes or whatever, they would literally, hear this, they would go 115 miles outside of their way. On foot. On foot to make sure I don't have to have any dealings with any Samaritans. And they felt that way about each other. So here it is. A despised Samaritan sees a Jewish person that, that, is, that is beat down, has been robbed. And it said they saw their heart and they got moved with compassion. Said, I have to do so. I know we got differences. I know we don't get along. But I just, it's something on the inside of me says, I have to do something about it. But you look at the two pictures though. There were people who should have done something. You had the priest and you had the person who was the temple assistant. They both worked in the church and, and they both should have been known for the generation. Rossi should have been known for being a blessing to other people, but it said maybe, maybe in their inconvenience, maybe they had so many things going on, it said that they walked by on the other side, life is busy, maybe I don't have, you know, I don't have the time for all of this, God bless you, I'll pray for them on the way, but then here's a person who is not known for this type of kindness, says, I have to do something about it. And then they bandage him up and they, and they take him to the end and it pays for it. And here's the thing. It said they hand him two silver coins. If you look at this historically and go research, the two silver coins, watch this, was two months worth, worth of hospital bills. And then they say, if that's not enough, if that's not enough, and the bill runs higher than that, let me know. I'll take care of the bill. And we're talking about this word, Compassion. We're talking about this word compassion. There's another guy who had compassion. His name was Jesus Christ. And if you go look in Matthew chapter 9, and Jesus is, is going throughout villages and synagogues, and he's teaching, and he's, he's preaching, and he's, he's connecting with people. He's doing all this awesome stuff. And he said he saw the crowd, and his heart moved with compassion because they looked scattered like sheep without a shepherd. He said he saw the crowd, and he had compassion. Now, here's what's powerful about that thought. Jesus then walks up and he looks to his, he looks to his disciples, he looks to his crowd. Can you imagine if you were standing up front here? You're standing here and you say, hey, I'm going to pray for somebody. And in the door walks Jesus. And he makes eye contact with you. Jesus. And he starts walking down the aisle to come to your line. And you're like, whoa, hold on, hold on. This is prayer time. This is, I'm, usually this is not how this works. I usually come to you, Jesus, and ask you for stuff, right? But Jesus is coming now. To ask you for something. And it's interesting because all in church and everything and people will say these words. They'll be like, yeah, he's my Lord and Savior. But truthfully, he just remains Savior at times. Meaning save me, help me, give me. Lord means who do you want me to go bless? Who do you want me to go help? Who do you want me to go rescue? Who, what do you want me to do? That's what Lord means. So here Jesus is and he's walking up and he's breaking the rules because the rules say I'm only supposed to come to you Jesus and ask you stuff and I'm only supposed to come to you with the prayer request and I'm only supposed to ask you to give me stuff. But here Jesus walks up and he grabs your hands in the prayer line and he's looking at you dead in the eyes with, with sincerity and, and, and seriousness. He's at, he says, listen, I got a prayer request. Will you pray for me? 
Okay. Here's my prayer request. The harvest is plenty. But the laborers, the workers are few. Pray that God will send laborers. Pray that God will send workers to the harvest field. Will you, will you pray with me on that? Will you come into agreement on that? Will you pray with me that that happens? Because he had compassion. He said, there's too many people out here scattered. There's too many people that need to be, that need to feel loved. There's too many people that need to be encouraged. There's too many people out here. And it's just, it's just so hitting me to my core. It's so hitting me to my heart. And it's interesting because when I look at that passage, I'm like, wow. And here, and hopefully I mess your world up with this next statement. I probably already messed your world up anyway. You know, you brought me up here. Blame Pastor George, all right? He got me up here, so blame him. But, I'm going to just go ahead and mess your world all the way up. We might as well go all in, right? Imagine this. Jesus has a prayer request. He said, pray that God will send laborers. So I want you to think about this for a moment. Every single one of us sitting here have the opportunity to be the answer to Jesus' prayer. Every single one of us can you imagine no greater honor you're getting up to heaven and Jesus is like, hey, hey, I got to introduce y'all to somebody. Come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. This is my buddy. This is the answer to my prayer request. I was praying for a miracle and this person right here, they didn't think about themselves. They didn't just get selfish. They literally lived outside of themselves. They wasn't just talking about it. They literally went and lived it out and they became a blessing to somebody else in their life. This is my answer to my prayer request. This is my miracle. Meet Chris, meet Sarah, meet John, meet Courtney, whatever your name is. This is the answer to my prayer request. Thank you. Thank you for being the miracle. A lot of times we want a miracle. And sometimes God is saying, at the same time, I want to use you to be the miracle. To be the miracle in someone else's life. To be the miracle in someone else's family. To be the miracle to someone else. So we see two stories here. One of Jesus one of the despised Samaritan who's not even known for this type of kindness. But yet the ones that profess and say that this is what I believe and this is who I am walked beside him. You know, it's interesting because me and my queen about a year ago, we just bought a house. And we have one of those houses where the yard connects us all one, us and our neighbors, right? And so, of course, me being the great guy that I am, I'm mowing our grass, and what do I do? I mow right up to the line. Right? To the line. And I'm mowing away. And here comes God, love and inconvenience. He was like, yo. I was like, what's up? He was like, why ain't you more in their yard? It ain't mine. <laughs> of course, I can imagine a guy like, duh. Uh, okay, smart dude, that guy. He was like, for real, why ain't you more in their yard? I was like, whoops. Like, for real, guy, I don't own it. So, like, if I mow their yard, I can get, like, sued or something. I don't know. You know, that's not right to just go in other people's property. I mean, we can get good with excuses. I mean, you know, that's their, that's their blade of grass, right? I mean, 
property dude told me this is my property line. I'm just trying to be, God, I'm just trying to be a good dude, man. I don't want to be out of order. I don't want to be against the law. I'm just trying to really be a good abiding citizen, right? That's what we do as Christians. We imagine him with that twisty mouth. I'm like, So you want me to mow that grass? And I wish I could say I did it with a great attitude. And then, of course, I'm like, good, good to go. So I'm over on mine, fertilizing, getting it ready, hooking it up. Guess who shows back up? Oh, so you just go fertilize yours? God, I only got enough for me. Sound like a personal problem. <laughs> so you, yep, okay. So I'm back at Home Depot. Person looking at me, I'm checking out. Like, wouldn't you just, yeah, don't, uh, yep, I didn't have, give me another bag. Give me another bag of fertilizer. Another bag of that, another bag of that. So I'm out there fertilizing their yard. Remember, they ain't contributing nothing. Mowing, fertilizing, and you know it keeps going. I'm out there watering. Stopped at the line. <laughs> I'm hard headed. Guy's like, oh, for real? <laughs> then he gets the kink. So you gotta go find the kink. Interesting thing about that is really God was trying to teach me even just a bigger lesson. Because just yesterday, just yesterday, I come home and a neighbor who I've been mowing his grass, fertilizing, watering, looks immaculate. Comes out and says, hey, I got some mulch and I want to re-mulch and I got enough for both of us. So now we're out there, we're re-mulching the yard and I had to move even a couple of plants around and say, hey, I'll help you dig that up and... I'm sitting there, and here's what God was showing me. When you decide to be a blessing to other people, it should bleed over. Because there's other neighbors on our block, you can tell, they stay to the line. I now step back. Both our houses, both our lines, looks immaculate, looks beautiful. And I got a new friend that comes in and says, hey, I got some mulch, and here you go. Don't worry about it. We're good. Thank you for the mowing. Thank you for the watering. In other words, thank you for being a blessing, even when it costs you. The water bill, buying more fertilizer, gas for the lawnmower. Thank you for being a blessing. Are y'all hearing this today? Being a blessing, it's easy to take care of our lane. It's easy to take care of our world. But even in that moment, my actions spoke more loudly than anything I could have ever said. Because I can imagine he would come home at times and see his yard mowed. Come home at times and watch, man, it's really growing back. And that grass is horrible when it first started off. I was like, man. So I had to do a little extra for a little extra stuff on it. And God was saying, that's, that's the type of blessing I want people to be. 
to impact other people's lives. Let me close with this quote. Small deeds done are better than great deeds planned. Small deeds done are greater than great deeds planned. We can talk about all the greatness that we can do, but it is my prayer, my challenge today to every single one of us that we no longer just talk about it, that literally we get our audio and our visual to match and that we go out of here and we become ambassadors representing truly what Jesus is about, love, kindness, acceptance, being a blessing, even if it may cost you a little bit. Okay, got it. You let them merge in. They made it through the light. You're sitting at a red light. You're a blessing to somebody else. Got it. You opened the door for them and maybe they ran out. But at least someone else got a blessing and got blessed in the process. And here's the cool part about it. God never misses anything. It's always come back to me in some form, some way. And I'm being honest with you. So I'm not going to stand up here saying like, man, I was always, hey, let's do it, Lord. That was an honest conversation me and him have. I'm just keeping it real. But out of that, he's doing a great work on the inside of me of making sure that my life is living versus just audio and I'm just talking. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Well, Heavenly Gracious Father, we're here today and we heard what your word has spoken to every single one of us. And God, it is my prayer, it's my heart that all of us now decide to go out and live a life of action, live a life that reflects truly what we speak about, that truly reflects our faith and what we truly believe. God, thank you right now. You're just even on the, you're just moving on the hearts of every single person. You're like, man, I was like, oh, show me the opportunities, God, that I can be a blessing. Let's, let's do a radio check in. And I can show you that even leaving out of here, that people are going to become a, a huge blessing to their coworkers, to their friends, to their, to their neighbors, to their family. They're literally now going to be walking sermons. And they're actually going to speak so loud that people can't hear what they're saying. And so, God, I just thank you for everyone that hears your word. But not only just hears your word, they're now going to become doers of what you commissioned us all to do. And, God, we thank you and we love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Everyone say, amen.